Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 145 of How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron, and I am super pleased that you're with me here again today. It's always a joy to have you. Did you know that? It really is. Uh, So today we are talking to J.L. Brown about finding your own voice as a writer, and we dive quite deliciously down into Excel spreadsheets and the math of writing. You're going to love hearing her talk about this kind of stuff. I just know it. What's going on around here? Well, last night I had my final... Uh, event, book event for Stolen Things. It was at Crowded Fire Theater uh, in San Francisco. I'm only laughing because I'm remembering someone who came, Ricky. Shout out to Ricky, who was in my class last year at Stanford, uh, the memoir class. And apparently she was driving to the event when she heard me begging on my podcast for people to come, please come, please come. So it worked. Well, it didn't really work. She was coming anyway, but Yes, thank you. There were not only two people there, there were like 15 people there, which was great. And it was truly a wonderful conversation. The fact that they wanted me to talk about the politics behind the book was something that I was really passionate about. And it was an awesome conversation with Mina Marita, who led the conversation. And she's such a skilled interviewer. I just want her to interview me whenever I need one in the future. I want to hire her. Seriously, she was amazing. It was really fun. Sold a few books. Shout out to Christopher Books of San Francisco. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty glad that the appearances part of it is done They stress me out so much. And it's not about doing the event. When I'm on stage, I'm not stressed at all. It's about having enough people to make the bookseller happy. I just want to make the bookseller happy. It's codependent, yes, but booksellers rely on us for these things. And if I can bring a big crowd, like the opening, like the launch party, oh my gosh, I'm just so thrilled. So that is is what happened there. Another great thing is that I bashed out, finally, again, more sample pages and a new synopsis for the book I'm wanting to attempt to sell with my agent for the next one. And you know, I've just been struggling with this. So bashed it out. I used those word sprints that we talked about last week. I use word sprints for all my writing. I really do. Speaking of, I got really good response from people talking about the tip I gave last week, the writing sprint. I got people who said that they'd never heard of it before, heard of trying writing like this before, which makes me think that I should share more of that kind of thing on this show. And what I'm thinking about doing is maybe five minute mini segments once a week or so that would automatically come to your podcast to feed. But going back into the archive, you know, almost 150 episodes now of people giving a craft tip, going in and just kind of lifting out that craft tip and putting them in so I can replay them, you can re-listen to them or listen to them for the first time if you haven't heard the whole backlist, which you probably haven't. Because I know for myself, I hear craft tips and they sound great and I get excited about them and then I forget to put them into play. 
I need to hear them again. I need to reiterate to myself what I've learned. I need to try to practice it on the page. So I'm thinking about doing that. I don't have a time frame for it. I'm not in any hurry. Maybe in the next couple weeks, I'll try doing that. So that might be coming. No commitment quite yet, but everything else is going really well. I'm feeling balanced. I'm feeling like I'm taking care of myself. I'm swimming a lot. I'm seeing friends a lot. People were in town from Alaska this week and last week from Holland. Shout out to Marlies and Lisa. And I just feel quite happy. And again, I know I shared with you that I was battling depression for months and really didn't know it and name it. And once I did, I got my medications adjusted and I feel so much better. But I just want to remind everybody again that any struggle you might be having with depression or mental illness, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a shameful thing. For some reason, especially in America and probably other countries, it's still stigmatized. It's still a hard thing to talk about. Even I find it hard and I really like to talk about difficult things. I'm a memoirist. That's what I do. It's my jam. But... When I tell it to you, I still feel a little pause and a little embarrassed. And by talking about that embarrassment and by talking about that shame, thank you, Brene Brown, I know that it's lessened every time I do. So if you're struggling, please reach out for help. Know that you're not doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. You're doing everything right. You're doing everything as right as you can with the tools that you have right now. If you are beating yourself up for not writing for any reason, mental health or any other reason, just stop. We don't have time for that. And it's not kind to yourself. You wouldn't beat anybody else up for that. Give yourself grace and forgiveness today and tonight. Try to write a few paragraphs. And if you don't get it done, give yourself grace and forgiveness and love. We do push ourselves to write as much as we can, but life is life and life is not writing as much as we want it to be. Life is not writing and never will be writing supports life, literally and figuratively. For me, it brings in money, but it also supports my living. I feel like I can't live without writing. I never want to be tested in that. So, wow, this got deep and heavy all of a sudden. So that's what I wanted to tell you. Please take care of yourself, my friends. It's really important to me that you do. Reach out to me and tell me about anything you're working on, anywhere you want to find me. And please enjoy this interview with the awesome J.L. Brown. You're going to enjoy it. Talk to you soon. Why, yes, I do have a Patreon. I write essays about living an honest, creative life, and truly, they're the most important thing I write each month. I wouldn't be able to afford the serious time it takes to write them without the support of my benefactors. They are true patrons of the arts in the old-fashioned sense of the word. If you become one of my sponsors for as little as $1 a month, and seriously, those $1 pledges add up and are amazing, you'll get each essay as I write them as well as the full backlist, more than 24 essays that I'm really freaking proud of. Other perks at other levels include being thanked in the acknowledgments and getting a signed copy of each new book I write. You can even get monthly coaching from me at a cheaper rate than I normally offer. Go to patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, 
to find out more. And thank you so much. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show J.L. Brown. Hello, J.L. How are you? Doing fine, Rachel. I'm so, nice to see you. So you too. We met at um, uh, Thriller Fest, which was right. awesome at an at an industry party, and I really loved talking to you. And I wanted to get you on the show to talk a little bit more. So let me give you a quick little introduction here. J.L. Brown is the author of the Jade Harrington novels. Don't speak. Rule of Law and the Divide, and the short story, Few Are Chosen. They have fabulous covers, by the way. Uh, she lives with her family in Seattle, where she is working on her next novel. A member of Mystery Writers of America, Mystery Writers of America Northwest, Sisters in Crime, and Puget Sound Sisters in Crime. You can find her on Twitter and at her website, jlbrownauthor.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. So on this show, <laughs> I'd love to talk about writers' processes. And I would love to know from you, I know you have a busy life with all of the things that you juggle. How do you get your writing done? When and where? How often? All of those things. Sure. So I'm, I'm very lucky that I am, I grew up, I'm very disciplined. I was an athlete. So those kind of traits that I had mm. has been very helpful as a writer. So I wake up every morning before work at about 4 a.m. And I'm not a morning person at all. You are not, and, and you still do the 4 a.m. thing. Um, and it's funny, when, I, when I'm in the throes of writing, I can wake up without an alarm. Uh, when I'm not, I need the alarm to wake up. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, so, I, I think that, so that shows my passion for uh, what I'm doing. But uh, I do, I wake up at 4, um, and I write till about 6, uh, 4 to 6, and then I go to work, and then I come home and I write for another hour or so. You do? Wow. Yes. And then, um, and then on the weekends, I have a cat that is looking to pounce on me right now. I've um, got two cats and three dogs, <laughs> and they're going to make some kind of noise, so it's all yeah. good. <laughs> um, uh, and then usually on the weekends, I try to get in uh, at least four to 12 hours, depending on where I am in the process, and, uh, and that's how I get it done. That's, that's a lot. How do you feel about the difference in your brain power, wattage-wise? Um, in the 4 to 6 a.m. when you're not a morning person and the hour after work when you've already been up all day. Because I've never been able to nail, when I, I, I write, I'm lucky enough to write full time now, but I was never able to nail that after work thing. I was too brain yeah. dead. It, it's hard. Uh, when I wake up, my mind is fresh um, uh, and I, it's, I'm able to write. When I come home, you know, things have happened at work. I'm usually stressed out. Uh, my job can be very stressful at times, but you know, I really find, and somebody, t uh, I think this is a Stephen King, when you get your butts in seats and um, every day, no matter if you feel like it or if you don't feel like it, um, or if you're sick, and when you look back on what you wrote on the good days and the bad days, you usually can't tell the difference, and I, I've, so I found true. that to be true. So I just, I try to sit down and write, and if, if I'm just really not into it or it's not working, I research or do some marketing or something else, um, but normally it, it works out. And do you and you write at home in the house? And I a, do. And do you have a, so I have a I have an office that nice. I write in most of the time, and then I have a, a terrace in Seattle. We have these beautiful views, so I go out there, and it's very inspiring. Or I go to a coffee shop if I want to be around my you know brothers and sisters. Uh, everybody's writing and reading, so uh, uh, so either of those three places you can find me. What do you do on the days where you just cannot get the motivation or the if you if you yeah. can't if you can't even get to the chair, 
I can't even get to the chair. You know, I don't write. I read a lot. Um, that's so I just that's pick up, yeah. part of our job, I think. Yeah, so I just, I pick. you know, I've always been a reader, so I, I pick up a book and I just read and lose myself. Or I'll read a writing book. At least I can learn something. I've re- uh, read a lot of books on writing. So um, I usually find something. I'm not the kind of person that could just sit around and do nothing. I find that is true with most most writers. If we were that yeah. kind of person, we probably wouldn't be writing. Exactly. exactly. I'm actually trying to cu- cultivate the ability to sit around and do nothing. It's something I've been working on for like two years. And I am getting better at it, honestly. Oh, really? It's wow. actually starting to work. Like, I'm looking okay. forward to downtime sometimes, which I never knew what to do with it before. Now I might be getting too stare off into space? Or... Sometimes I do. Sometimes <laughs> I'll, I'll just go out on the porch and just sit there and make myself not bring my phone nothing to do just sit there it's not almost like a meditation thing but then other times okay. I, I really like Netflix so that's, yeah. that works too um, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing uh, patience I have none <laughs> zero um, uh, and one thing I did not realize about being a writer it's a lot of waiting oh my so gosh. you're either when you're draft uh, you're right you're writing a draft you give it to readers or in my case I give it to my wife and then I can't work on it while she's reading it, so I have to find something else to do. And then you're waiting on readers, and then you're waiting on agents, and then editors, and it's just a lot of waiting. And um, and I've found the trick, you know, oh, just start something else. Um, but it's it's not easy. I mean, I'm going through it right now with the one one of, one of my projects, and it's it's really killing me. I I feel the exact same way. Patience is not something I was born with. I, I let my wife read my work almost nowadays when it's done like I just don't want to hear about it otherwise when when (laughs) when do you let your wife into the process she pretty much reads every single draft holy crap and you're still married Um, yes we're still married (laughs) and she's not um she's probably my worst critic which um in the moment I usually don't like it um uh, but afterwards, I usually find she's right when I go away and chew on it and think They're about it. It's right. like, yeah, she's right. Um, and she's she, she's actually very creative and very gifted. She's an event planner, so she her mind kind of just mm. works works that way. Um, so it's very helpful. Now, she's getting really, really busy in, in, in her job, so sometimes she doesn't read every draft. But in the first two books, she did read every every draft. In the first book, Don't Speak, I had seven drafts. So, Oh, that's so, so cool. My wife is yeah. really, really good with story. She, Besides my editors and agent and stuff, she's the best person I talk to about story. She understands. And she's not a writer, but she yeah. reads so much. She understands the story, the story structure. So it's really right. nice to have that in-house help. Right. A lot of times I do talk to people who don't ever share their work with their partners. And yeah. I would think that would be frustrating or I would, I think I would miss that. I like that conversation. Does she help you plot also? Yeah, she, um, she's really good at, uh, saying, Oh, that person would never say that. Or, um, you know, that's just not working. And have you thought about this? And so actually she's planning on writing a book now because she says, I've given you, you know, so many ideas I should write my own. And and she's going to be in the romance genre. So, um, that's so awesome. that's covered, but uh, yeah, she, she's great, and she's usually um, uh, she's really, usually uh, very blunt. So um, when it's constructive criticism, sometimes it doesn't feel very good, but I know it's coming from a good place. And when it's positive, I know she really means it. Oh. You know, she's not just saying that to make me feel better. So yes. it's 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 a good partnership. Oh, that's awesome! That is awesome. Yeah. I love hearing yeah. that. What is your yeah. biggest joy when it comes to writing? 
definitely when I hear from readers, um, uh, it's so funny. They, when they send me emails or shout out on Twitter or something, but I received an email this week from um, uh, a woman named Lorna. She sent me an email and she ended it by, when is the fourth book coming out uh, of the series? And she goes, I'm 78, hurry up. <sighs> like, no pressure. No that is the cutest thing ever. Yeah, I have never really gotten cute. that email. Now yeah. I really want to get that email someday. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote her back and I said, thank you so much. And I'll try to hurry. I'm writing as uh, fast as I can. Yeah. 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 That is darling. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? You know, um, I am a plotter. Uh, I've tried, uh, since I've read so much about writing, I've tried a lot of different things. And I knew I was a plotter because I'm an accountant by profession. So I'm very wow. kind of anal, anal about wow. stuff. Um, but I have tried other methods and I know they don't work for me. I know what works for me. But I think the one tip I would um, share is that there's... Um, you receive so much writing advice and a lot of times it's contradictory and it's kind of hard to figure out what to do. And so what you have to do is just keep trying to figure out what works for you and be true to you and uh, find your own voice and not try to copy other voices and we don't really need an, another girl book or somebody's wife mm-hmm. book or, yeah. you know, um, find your own voice. And, uh, and I've learned that uh, just, just be me. I, I really, really, appreciate that so so much um it is such an easy thing to forget so thank you for saying that what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way you know that is a tough question um I didn't know. I didn't grow. I was a math person growing up. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering about that in your accounting. and Yeah. yeah. I was good at math. Uh, I didn't major in math. I actually majored in radio television, but I had my MBA in finance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never thought about being a writer. And uh, and then one day uh, in 2010, my wife said, um, you should write a book. I was like, I'm a reader, not a writer. And she goes, you're always reading books and critiquing them. You should write one. And so that night, I had the plot for my first book. I dreamed about it. You did? Really? That very night? That very night, I dreamed about the plot for my first book, woke up, Googled, how do you write a book? And uh, I just started writing. And so, you know, it took me a long time because I had the first, you know, six months, I had no idea what I was doing. But after a while, I've been writing for nine years now, kind of figured it out. But um I found a memory box uh, about a year ago, and I found a, a play I wrote in high school, a letter I wrote about wanting an Oakland Raiders football suit when I was like th- three or four years old, um, and a start uh, parts of a novel that I wrote. So I think I always wanted to be a writer. Ah. I just didn't know it, and I found it you know, much later in life. So again, you know, it's never too late to follow your dream. And you had, um, you had let yourself forget, and it took that reminder to wake it up in you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. For one yeah. second, I want to go back to the plotting thing, um, because I'm wondering if it's somehow related to numbers and, and affinity to numbers. Because when we are looking at box, books, there is more math than we think there is, honestly, mm-hmm. when it comes down to actually doing the work. Um, how much of a plotter are you? How intense are these outlines? Yeah, pretty intense. Um, there's something called the snowflake method. Yeah, I've never um, used that, it, but... Yeah, so. Uh, I emulate it. I, I have a little variation, but it starts with, you know, coming up with the one sentence or a theme about what your book's about and then expanding that to a paragraph and then four paragraphs, and then four pages. And then I end up writing a hundred seeds. Um, 
in an Excel spreadsheet. I'm a huge Excel person, um, which drives most people crazy, but everything I do is in Excel. Um, and so I have this elaborate kind of spreadsheet and I develop the scenes, point of view, characters, how long I think it's going to be. And I don't always reach 100. Sometimes it might be 70. So it gives me some flexibility um, because I do, you know, as I'm, I don't really adhere to the, um, the outline over the course of the drafts, you know, I'll depart or my character will do something and I've just got to kind of follow it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just, uh, this last book, I used a different method, which was more of a kind of a concept method and it just did not work for me. It took me six months longer than it should have. So I'm going back to, to plotting. I love that idea of all the scenes. Cause if you have that many scenes, you've, are, you've always got something to write. Or to move away from or yes. to, oh, I wish I, I've yeah. sat down. So I'm the opposite. I've sat down hundreds of times to write out scene lists and to think of scenes. And I just can't, I cannot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <sighs> so when I wake up, I know exactly what I'm right. I don't know what I'm going to write, but I know what the scene is supposed to be about. So at least that gives me a starting place. Yeah. And then you pants your way through the rest of it. Like even, yeah. even the exactly. people with really detailed outlines are still pantsing most of their book. You know, even yeah. if you've written That's a right. 10,000 word outline, you're still doing, you know, pantsing 80% of the book. So, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, what is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? Uh, so I read a book called American by Day by Derek B. Miller. Okay. And it's, uh, it's a story about a Norwegian cop who is trying to find her brother who's missing in America. And so it's, uh, one, it's well-written. It's a kind of a literary thriller, mm-hmm. which I, I, which I really like. And he um, looks at America through this Norwegian cop's eyes. That's so it's really funny. Fascinating. You know, so just, that, you know, yeah. And the author so is actually do, Norwegian? Uh, he's American, but he lives in Norway now. Oh, okay. okay. Um, uh, so it's just funny how he just kind of makes fun of the things that we do and why we do them the, this way. And he touches briefly on you know social issues and stuff. And it, it, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. That sounds awesome. Tell me the name yeah. of it again. It's called American by Day, Derek B. Miller. That's a really great title, too. Okay, what would you like to tell us about? You want to tell us about your latest book and where we can find you on the internets? Sure. So uh, my latest book, which I have here, is called The The Divide. Such good covers. Yes. Um, And uh, it was just released in May. It's the third book of the Jade Harrington series. And Jade is a kick-ass, mixed-race FBI agent who, um, in the first book, she is hunting a serial killer of conservative talk show hosts during a presidential election year. And in the meantime, there's a female Democratic senator running for president. So over the course of the three books, their lives kind of come together, go apart, come together. Um, And so the, the third book is just released, and I'm promise Lauren, Lauren, I'm going to start working on the fourth book very soon. <laughs> and it could be found, um, the paperback is pretty much everywhere. Uh, the ebook is on Amazon. Perfect. And where can we find you? Uh, so I'm at jlbrownauthor.com and I'm on Twitter. Uh, let me make sure I get it. It's jl underscore brown author. And then Instagram, it's jbrown underscore author. Perfect. Oh my gosh, it has been such a delight to talk to you again. I knew that you would make a good guest when I met you. Oh. I tend to like reach out and grab people. Please <laughs> yes. come on my show. Thank you, JL. This is just wonderful. And I wish you very, very happy writing and success in all you do. Thank you very much, Rachel. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? 
You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. Thank you.